Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. In this episode, Nancy Lorenz opens up about her experience fighting cancer and the role that parkour played in her recovery. She unpacks how her recovery inspired the idea of PK Move and shares her parkour origin story. Nancy discusses her thoughts on parkour's growth and spirit, PK Move's current goals, and finishes with her insights on how to attract older individuals to parkour. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. I'm Nancy Lorenz. Nancy Lorenz is a mover, artist, educator, cancer survivor, and mother of three. She was introduced to parkour in 2011 and continues to be amazed by where it has taken her. Nancy is one of the three founders and the catalyst of the Alexandria-based PK Move and is its executive director. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you so much, Craig. It's great to be here. Nancy, I want to just jump right in and talk about your bout with cancer. I don't know how you think about it internally, like how you've classified that. Is it a battle? Was it a fight? Is it something you suffered through? Can you tell me a little bit about what you went through, what actually happened to you? And then that obviously leads right into the story of how you found parkour. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had been training for almost three years. I think it was about two and a half years at Urban Evolution. And I went in for my, my regular... Uh, annual exam. And after I had my mammogram, they said, you know what, we need to do another scan. And that right away, I thought I was a little bit scared, but I had had this happen before and had some false calls in the past. And I thought this is going to be a false call. So I went, did the second thing. And then of course they came back into the room again and it was the radiologist and the doctor and two nurses and they're carrying all these tissues and they said, you know what, you you need to go see this doctor and uh, and have a biopsy done because we think we see something. And I still didn't believe it. I thought I'm going to be fine. And I went down, you know, I had to make that appointment and of course I went for that one and here it turns out that it was uh, malignancy. And uh, I went back in, I, I went back into the gym and I said, I can't believe this, you know, it's, uh, and I should know this figure. I always spout the senior citizen figure now for PK Silver that one out of every three adults falls in the year. But I believe for women, it's like one out of six. It's, it's pretty high, you know, that, that you get, you will be diagnosed with cancer and, it's just something you never think it's going to happen to you. You know what I mean? I just I was kind of in shock about it, but I thought, okay, I I, I just have to get through this. And um, I went step by step. Um, the community at at Urban Evolution was absolutely phenomenal uh, and very supportive. And I really, of course, credit my medical team for my doctors for getting me through treatment and radiation and all that stuff and coming out the other side. But I often think what would have happened if I hadn't got, got off that couch and done this parkour for a couple of years, I, I had made such a tremendous, it had made such a tremendous difference in the amount of muscle mass I had. I lost weight, mm-hmm. but most of all, you know, how it changes your mindset and, that really helped me get through everything. So and I would say at the other side of it, that's when I thought I need to do something with this and show other people, you know, I'm not, you're, you're obviously most people know they see me on videos or whatever, or they met me in person. I'm not going to be on American Ninja Warrior or anything like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it just goes to show you how beneficial it can be for for people, mm-hmm. for all people. So after you had a chance to talk with your oncologist and they start discussing treatment regimens and stuff, and I've had people in my family who have also undergone cancer di- uh, diagnosis and treatment, and you made a comment about muscle mass and body weight, and that can be like a make or break difference in how the treatment regimens work, especially when you get into chemotherapy. And I'm wondering, when you began discussing this with your doctor, did he say things to you about your general fitness? Like, did, did that strike you? Did that strike him as a, a mark in your favor out of the gate? Or was that something that you 
put together later looking back you're like wow it's actually a good thing that i was in the shape that i was in or was that obvious right from the get-go that that was going to play in your favor i would say at the time of the diagnosis and going forward from there i was not thinking about how parkour was part of this until afterward mm-hmm. i i just really i think once you are in that situation you're just going through the steps and getting through the treatment and what you have to do, the surgery or whatever. Um, the fact is that it, it, it did occur to me afterward. You know, afterward I thought, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I am so, like, how would I have dealt with this mentally or physically three years earlier? And as I had mentioned before, it's so crazy because I came in, like, a, kind of as a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I ended up thinking, you know, I really like this. I'm going to I'm going to stick with it and see what what happens with it. And uh yeah, I'm very grateful for for that. I just uh I really do say that parkour saved my life, and I know that's something that you've heard on your show before. I know everybody like I haven't. I don't think I've actually heard anybody ever actually say that and, and really mean it. Because for you, in your case, it's literally true. Yeah. And I think that um, a lot of people talk, including me. We talk about the value that parkour gives to you by it, that, like self enablement. Like you rediscover that you really can make really fundamental changes in your body. Um, and I think that's a pretty clear thing that people recognize. But I'm not sure that people recognize that that is extremely powerful when you get into a situation because if, if you have cancer, it's a completely different world and you, you suddenly go into this other universe and your family, all they want to do is help, but you suddenly feel completely out of control. And I, I think that being able to look at that thing that you had already found and say, well, I was once out of control and I found some semblance of control through parkour. Um, I think that's something that we all kind of know in the back of our mind, but to have somebody actually say, no, this is really what made, um, I'm not going to say it made the difference because obviously the other treatments are, are the really key parts to get the right oncologist. Um, but I just think it's really um, validating for the things that we all believe about parkour to have someone actually able to say, no, it really is true. Uh, one of the things that I learned afterward is that uh, I apparently am like an estrogen queen, and I just shoot out huge <laughs> amounts of estrogen. And that estrogen doesn't cause cancer, but it's right. like rocket fuel, fuel to cancer. It, right. And they they did say to me, you know, obviously I had to stop my treatment. I mean, my... Uh, exercise my training for a while during this period. Um, But I would go back as soon as I was able. You have to leave, you know, two weeks until uh, the soft tissue would heal. And then I would be able to go back and do something. And sometimes I would only be in there for five minutes. I mean, literally just getting the strength to go in and do like just the tiniest thing. And then I'd have to rest and I'd go home. But that was how it started, you know, coming back. It was no awesome. Yeah. Um, but they said that the exercise that you get when you're an older woman and this kind of uh, estrogen-fueled cancer is very common but when women are premenopausal or menopausal and they're overweight, this is... Like a perfect storm of things. It that- just sets the stage for something like this to happen. So... This was really key in keeping the estrogen levels down. When you exercise, it keeps those levels down. So they said that that probably slowed it down a bit already, just starting, and that I I would have to keep it up in the future. Nancy, can you talk a little bit about the mission for PK Move? Because I suspect that um, after you were successful with the cancer that then there's something that you felt you had to go do and it's not just that you needed something to do but that you then actually needed to finish something and to move on and i i think from what i've heard you say previously that it's pk move it's what grew out of that so can you tell me what pk moves vision is what their mission is and and where you where they where you went with that so pk move is a nonprofit. we're a 501c3 And we are dedicated to sharing the transformative power of parkour with with everyone, really. But our focus is on people who benefit from on-site, usually adaptive training, so some kind of specialized training. So basically, these are people that have some kind of barrier to going into a gym. 
and we we take our classes to them. And yes, I would say that once I was finished my treatment and everything and I physical therapy and everything else, I uh, just took some time. My family encouraged me to take some time because I had been a teacher uh, to figure out what if I was going to go back to teaching. Believe it or not, I taught all the way through my treatment. The kids were great, my middle school classes at that time. And uh, I thought, you know, I really want to do something with parkour. And probably the first thing that I did, I had already set up with the support of Urban Evolution two fundraisers for a, an orphanage in Haiti. Um, we did that separately. And then I said, you know, can we do a fundraiser for this National Breast Center Foundation that my doctor runs to help uh, underinsured women in the area? And they said, sure, you can do something. So we did parkour in pink. And uh, I was so taken aback because the whole gym came out in pink for this thing. <laughs> I mean, people that I had never really met. It was awesome. And uh, a lot of people came in and took the class and, um, it you know, raised some money for it. But it was kind of after that that it really started. I thought, you know what? I want to do more than this. I want to bring this to the actual survivors and to, to people, mm -hmm. to more fragile people. And... Um, just knowing how much it, it helped me. So at that time, I was kind of uh, cyber-stalking Jade Shaw and Forever Young. I mean, I just had I just thought the program was so great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was kind of just checking that out on Instagram. But I never saw a picture of Jade because she never put herself on there that much. She put up her participants. And so one day I was at the Women's Jam in Meridian Park. I believe it was for that. For some reason, I was in Meridian Park training, you know, whatever. That's what we do, right? So I was up there training. <laughs> I was at Meridian Park training, and this woman came up to me with her lovely British accent and her camera and everything, and she said, excuse me, I'm doing a documentary on park older people that do parkour and, you know, I saw your hair. You, you look know, old, uh, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Spades are spades. You and look old. She, like, she said, lady. <laughs> she says, "Can I talk to you about?" it? And I said, "Well, you know, can you tell me some more about what this is?" So she starts talking, and then she says, "Forever young." And I said, "Wait, are you Jade Shaw? You know, <laughs> what are you doing here? I thought you were in the UK." And uh, I said, "I'm in Lawrence to you. I like all your stuff all the time." And so we we started talking. We ended up spending a, a few days together. It was. It was serendipitous because my husband was out of town that week, so I had a lot of time. The kids, I don't know, they were in camps or something. It was in the summer, so I got to spend a lot of time with Jade, and uh, I told her about this feeling that I was having that I wanted to create something, and I said, I love exactly what you're doing, except I have zero dance. I, I don't know how, you know, parkour dance, I got nothing there. I couldn't, we couldn't do it here. And she said, I think you can do it. You can, you can do it without the dance part, but you have to figure out a way to make it safe and, 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 and still parkour. So that really was very meaningful to me. And I would say it was my first boost. I mean, a lot of times I get an idea for something. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put it out in front of people. And even some people may say, oh, that's a good idea, Nancy, but it's not that yeah, it's not that meaningful. But when when she spoke to me about it, I just thought I started to believe that I really we could do it. You know that our little group could figure this out. Nancy, so we've started with the obvious things, which is to talk about cancer and to talk about the seed thought and that initial impetus for PK Move. But I want to like hand it back over to you so that I don't like I don't want to oversteer what you want to talk about. So what you know what do you want to talk about next? Well. Craig, I know you don't always like to hear these origin stories, but I'm going to give you a little bit of my origin story, and it is going to sound like everyone else's probably, but that's fine. You have to listen to me now because I have the I, mic. I would actually be delighted to hear your origin story. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to become a thing. I was like, well, a lot of people may not believe this, but I was watching Casino Royale in the movie theater with my husband, 
And I saw that opening sequence, and I actually turned to him and said, "What the hell was that?" Mm. I, 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 it's like uh, that famous saying about pornography. You know, I. There's a famous I saying. Know, about- <laughs> I know. Oh, what know, it is when I see you'll it. You know what it is when you see it. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about parkour. It's hard for me sometimes to describe exactly what it is because people say, well, that's just moving around. I'm like, no, no you know what it is when you see it, you know? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm just over here laughing. <laughs> you just called parkour pornography. <laughs> all right. I guess that's kind of a thing. All right. So all anyway, right. all right. So you saw Seb do the I did run. see it. And so I kind of filed that away. I did a little bit of research right then. And I found out it was indeed a thing, and you could see it on YouTube. Right, because the first thing you look when you saw that is you're like, is that real? Was that the thing? When you go look at it, you're like, oh, wow, that's real. And you realize that you really saw what you saw. Yeah, I realized it had a name and everything. Mm -hmm. So just kind of filed that away, but I would always joke with my family, I'm going to do this one day. And then I finally said, I am doing this before I turn 50. And so it was... uh, I think I was still 48 when when it was that New Year's Eve. I made this resolution. The next day, I was jumping. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like jumping from chair to chair. I remember we were in a Wendy's or something with my family, and they're like, Mom, get off the chairs. <laughs> the manager was like, Miss, you're going to get hurt. So I. Well, yeah, they got, now there was somebody with foresight, right? <laughs> so anyway. Um, Obviously, I couldn't carry on like that. Another day goes past, and I'm, I see a flyer, and it says that a new parkour gym has opened in Alexandria, and lo and behold, it was Urban Evolution, and I just couldn't believe it, I thought, because I was thinking, how am I going to get any training yeah. in this? And Where do I start? It was like, it came down from heaven, there's the flyer, go to this gym. So I took my, uh, my two uh, teenagers at that time with me to Urban Evolution. I said, I want to sign them up. And they said, okay, for the intro class. It's like, who's on point? Then, you are. And then I said, and I would like to sign up too. Is that possible? Because literally the whole gym was teenage boys. Sure. Mm-hmm. The only two women in there were me and my daughter, Ava, uh, and Malika, who was a co-owner of the gym behind the desk. And she looked at me and she said, sure, you can do it. So I signed up. And I somehow made it through that. It was an hour and a half at that time. Uh, I could barely walk back out to my car. I barely made it home. (laughs) I was in bed for a full 24 hours. I really felt like I had been run over by a truck, (laughs) for real. And then days after that, I had to scoot down the steps on my butt. (laughs) And normal people would not ever go back. But I just had to go back. I had to go back because I thought I should be able to do those things. And I it just it just got its hooks into me right away. So uh fast forwarding, you know, I met Jade by that chance encounter. And I guess about six months later, my husband had a business trip to London. He he goes all over the place. So I said, Can I please go with you on this one? Please, 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 please. <laughs> Why would you say no? And he's oh, like, okay. sure, you can come with me. We can do X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, here's I, the thing. <laughs> I just want to go to the park or gym five. I actually want to see my friend Jade, and I want to meet Sebastian Foucault. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're still said, thinking no. about that, right? Yeah. He's like, I want to meet Sebastian Foucault. I said, well, we'll see if it works out with the schedule, but whatever. So, so nice. I got to meet him. Um, he actually did invite me to go train with his group, which was really funny because I figured out the tube and I got to the spot where they met outside and they were, they were not there. Yeah. You were like two minutes late and they're yeah. already a quarter mile away. <laughs> I said to him later, I was like, where, where were you? And he's like, well, you know, we were doing the warm up, So we left. Right. Uh, yeah. I tried to, I was running around the neighborhood trying to find them, yeah, but they no. were gone. I kept looking up all over the place. They were not there. <laughs> That's wise. <laughs> look up, right? But anyway, that was also a very important moment for me. I ended up going to some Forever Young classes, which were still running then. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, they're still running today, but uh, I believe uh, Jacob is teaching them. Um, but I got to go to class with Jacob and Jade, and it was really interesting. And then just 
spent time talking to them about we, what we were doing, what she she was doing. And it was very interesting in that time because she was already starting to think about, you know, leaving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, she was talking about that a little bit. So it, it's very interesting, all the timing of this, because this has taken a lot out of me, this this nonprofit and all the work that we do. It's it's a big, big job. Giant labor of love. It, it absolutely is. I often call it my love letter to parkour because that's really what it is. And there are times I think, I just want to sign this letter <laughs> and seal it up in an envelope and Burn it's done. It in the corner. <laughs> but Jade came in December and it was very interesting to speak to her then because I, I said to her, you know, I'm I'm on the edge here. This has taken so much out of me. I've I've kind of let go of the things that have been important to me, important to keeping me healthy because I'm doing so much administrative work and so many meetings. I mean, they never tell you that when you're going to open a gym. No, they don't tell you about all the time that you spend thinking about all the things you need to do. Even though there's no action items until Tuesday, you can't stop thinking about them 24-7. So if you're awake, you're actually working on it. And that, people don't tell you about that when you try to bootstrap things either. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, once again, I will say that that was a very serendipitous meeting. Um, Jade stayed with us a couple days here at the house, and uh, we were able to talk quite a bit. And uh, she really was once again encouraging to me and really helped me put things more into perspective. And really this year, one of my pledges to myself is to cut down to 25 hours a week on the time I, I give to PK Move. I think everybody should know that I am not a paid employee of PK Move. I'm an employee, but I, I guess, but I don't get paid. So um, it, it takes, it's one thing to give all that time, but there are other things that I have to do in my life. You know, I've got, I had this whole other life and world before this started. And, you know, I have to make sure that I take care of that and take care of myself. So, yeah, that's what we're doing, but it kind of plays into our strategic plan for what we're, we're doing now. We are trying to get more orderly under control. And I mean, I think we have been pretty orderly, but even more so and spread and share responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. Nancy, PK Moves approach to how it teaches and how it sorts its curriculum. And um, there's a lot of thought that goes into that. And you guys are very specific about how you do it. And I'm wondering if you have any perspective that you want to share with um, maybe people who are running just like a a local group of friends who are training or people who are running gyms or jams. Um, I think you have a very unique perspective based on what you've accomplished so far. I would love to talk about this. I have uh, this personal challenge, which I've kind of been, has died off a little bit during these last couple of years, because I've been so intense with PK Move, but I was uh, traveling a lot with my husband, and uh, before before the cancer diagnosis, I made this goal that I was going to parkour and do train parkour in every state. So, and if I could, it would be with a community in a jam or going to a gym. Mm-hmm. That was. That was the preferred thing to do, right. so I could really check in that way. Sometimes it wasn't possible, so I just Cat have to. On the Washington yeah, line whatever. Move on, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, that was really eye-opening to me because it got me out to a lot of gyms, and I'm not going to name them because in some cases I slipped in and slipped out, and did my thing, <laughs> yeah. and came out. <laughs> I parkoured on your stuff. You didn't even notice. <laughs> but um, and. It has been, it was very obvious to me that we have something very, very special with urban evolution in Alexandria. And um, that is a very family-oriented gym that has, I mean, they just will welcome anybody in there. I, I It's just a very, very welcoming place. And I don't know how else to describe it because other parkour gyms are welcoming too and maybe it has to do because it's a husband and wife owner 
Mm-hmm. And it feels like a family as soon as you go in. Salil and Malika have an Indian background and they are heritage, and that is deeply part of it. So you almost feel like you're going into their, into their home. Into their right? home. Yeah, you feel like that. And now they have their adorable little twin baby girls and that are there too. And it's just a very nice when I first went there, I had little Kate who she was only a few years old. And Malika said, just give her to me. I'll keep her behind the counter. <laughs> right. I mean, it's unbelievable. So nice. And and that's how, you know, their dogs are there. It just feels like you're you're in a little family when you go there. So that kind of permeates through the first time, the first class that I was in. Uh, one of those teenage boys did make a comment to me, like, what is she doing here? Not directly to me, but yeah, so I could hear off it. Off to the side, right? And those those coaches nip that right in the bud very loudly. Like, she has just as much right to be here as you do, and if you don't like it, you're welcome to leave. And the kid was, <gasps> you know, but that is, that's right out front there, and that's how they treat everybody. So... It it was uh, really a nice place for me to learn, and as I went around to other places, you can really feel each gym has its own vibe, and it's not that they're not welcoming, but the vibe is different, right? This the vibe it might not go with the individual that's coming in, right. right? Some shocked me, like some I went in with a prejudice, and I thought. I'm not, I mean, when I went to Tempest Free, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I went to Tempest, I thought, this is not going to be good. I'm going in here. One of my best visits ever. Every time I go out there, I go back. I love, I love Tempest so much. They're so nice. I, I just can't, I can't even tell you. I, that was one of my first times back at one of these gym visits after my treatment, and I was scared to death because I had been in my little safety pod of mm-hmm. urban evolution, and I thought, oh my gosh, I hadn't even been training outside, and I thought, how is this going to work? And I actually broke down when I, I went in. I registered and everything, and when I registered, they said, what is your birth date? And I told, <laughs> told them again, and the lady behind the counter said, uh, you're the oldest person we've ever had come in here. And <laughs> I thought, the great. oldest person I've ever seen. Right I know. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so I go in there, and I just thought, how is this going to work out? I, I registered for the adult beginner class, mm-hmm. and uh, I told them I didn't know anything about parkour. <laughs> yeah, well, well, safety fib. That's kind of what it was. And I went in, and then we started to, they started to do the warm-up, and I just did that that Homer Simpson meme where he backs up into the head. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I started to do that. <laughs> I started to just, I wasn't even thinking about it. It was like my flight response. I just started slowly backing up toward the door. <laughs> and the coach, one of the coaches turned around and said, whoa, 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 where are you going? <laughs> and obviously, I'm never at a lack for words. I was kind of then because I was like, Ugh. and it just all blubbered out of my mouth. I was like, I can't do this. I don't even know if it was coherent. I started crying. I mean, I'm not usually, you know, whatever. I just totally lost it. And he went, shh. And he goes, come on, I'll take care of you. And I thought, okay, I'm going in. (laughs) And I had the best time. It was awesome. It was so awesome. I went to the, uh, it was the red carpet, the premiere of their film that they had done, their documentary, what was it called? The one that they did, uh, they followed Jesse LaFlair all around the world, and he he went to his competition. I don't know, I have to go up and look at my t-shirt. Anyway, it was awesome. It was just such a great you know, they're like, you're in, come on, we're going. And we are just such, such a great time. They were so, they were so nice and welcoming. And I actually got to speak to Jesse for a while. Have you had him on your program too? No, I haven't ever met him. He is wonderful. And he, um, you know, 
he's just saying, I said, well, you're so inspirational. He's like, no, you're so inspirational. And we were just having a big love fest. But I said, <laughs> I can't, you know, it, that's the thing. And this gets back to kids these days in parkour. I think everybody's going to have a different viewpoint of it. For me personally, I think it is, it is just amazing that these young people and now also older people are are just pushing the envelope of what the human body is capable of doing. It's just, you know, we look at stuff now. Some people look at things that even we're doing in our class and they'll say, how are you? Right. How are you doing that? And I think, gosh, dang, this is so low key. Right. Your you know? <laughs> perspective shifts as you do it. The more you explore and the more you push your own, like in a safe way, but the more you push your own boundaries, your perspective moves with that. And you quickly lose sight of what, you know, what you, you what was, how does that go? At, um, what is now your uh, training will one day become your warm up kind of thing. And you just, you don't realize how far you've come. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that, uh, there is a public perception of parkour that can be a big problem. Uh, it has been a problem for me personally in my role as the executive director. Mm -hmm. I have had to do remediation for our local parkour groups, and they could be individuals or groups of people that damage property or you know, they're told by the police to leave and then they don't leave. They go somewhere else, but to nearby or whatever. So, or they're, whatever reason, there's been trouble, damage or something. So that has been so challenging for me. One of my favorite stories is a big event that we were asked to do at a national park uh, down in Fairfax County. And the park police said, well, you're doing parkour. We do not allow any parkour in this park. You cannot bring, you cannot touch anything in the park. And I said, that's fine. We can, I said, can we, um, not even the picnic tables, nothing. Cause at that time we had very little equipment. No, you cannot. I said, can I bring, I can't bring anything at all. Even a few little trainers. They're just, you know, I describe yeah, it like to them. Precision trainer, right? Nothing. So they said, there you go. You can't do parkour at the park. All you get is a grassy field. I said, that's fine. It. I'll take the grassy field. We can do a lot of parkour in the grassy field. And she she couldn't say anything. She looked at you like, what? <laughs> and uh, she allowed us to have a permit to do it that year. And now we're back on our fourth year. And now we can bring whatever we want because mm. we have proved ourselves. I mean, I tell the coaches and everybody coming through, you cannot do anything anything on anything else in this park you can't touch a picnic table you can't touch a tree you can't you know go on that wall right there that's perfectly <laughs> yeah, <you know>. screams <laughs> out yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's a situation that i end up with a lot of times and i'm hopefully uh we are providing a different viewpoint of yeah. what of what movement can different be example yeah a different example it's um uh, that is a big part of, of, I think, our mission and one of the reasons we did the pop-up program because we thought this way we're getting out, we're letting people see it. It's just so hard to explain what it mm -hmm. is. Right. Yeah. We've talked about um, your personal journey and we've talked about where PK Move came from. And so, and I'm curious, do you want to talk about where PK Move is going or where parkour is going? So now, now like, let's look forward. What's, what's up next? What's coming? What do you see in the future? Well, I, I have been listening to my board, which is, they're always trying to rein me in on things. <laughs> and believe me, I I am th at this time allowing myself to be reined in. I was going to say, so, do you actually added more board members so they can further outweigh you? That's is that right. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, over the next three years, really going to focus in, not that we won't do any other programs, but our everything we're going to be doing is to going to be to to scale pk silver to get it out as best we can mm -hmm. At, because that is really the reason why we were formed um we we hope that you know we get that one going and then we can turn to one of these other ones like the pk survivor and start expanding that one as well so i'd say for pk move at this time we're actually narrowing a little bit and getting more focused on what we're doing. There's so much more to be done with studies or 
parkour uh, curricula that we could develop. I mean, we're thinking about Parkinson's. We're thinking, we've already had Parkinson's, you know, people in our classes. And so we've had to do some work on that already, but that has a lot more to it. Memory care. You know, there are a lot of things like this that we, we have to look into Alzheimer's. We've got a lot of things that we want to delve into with PK Silver. Um, as far as parkour in general, I think that uh, while there's been a huge amount of, te- of attention, which is way above my pay grade, so and doesn't really doesn't really <laughs> touch us at all with this whole, you know, parkour earth and oh, oh, fig like the and, organization and global scale and the politics yes. that are starting to creep in, right? And mm-hmm. and then on a national <clears throat> level, we have things. A lot of people trying to you know get things started on this level. I think that what you are going to see is more people like myself or even, you know, there are going to be people that are maybe not exactly like myself, but there's going to be, there are going to be fitness people who are not, they, they did not start with parkour, but they're just going to pick it up mm-hmm. and it's going to start to be more integrated into, you know, your YMCA Almost any gym that you're going to go into, mm-hmm. if they have any kind of uh, space for that, or there, it doesn't take much space, as we know, to have a class. And I think you're you're going to see it more and more become adopted adopted by all these other fitness outlets. And this is something that uh, really is concerning to me because the one of the main things about our program is connecting it to the to parkour to the philosophy of parkour it's so much more than the technique i mean those two things are equally important and we we try to really uh, make sure we drive that home in all our classes Uh, we try to make sure people understand some of the backstory i mean we don't tell the whole thing right in one big Right. Blob in the beginning because it's too much. Yeah. (laughs) So we try to work it in a little bit. We, like our kids' classes, we always do a cheer at the end. You know, we start together, we finish together. That's our cheer with the kids. And then we try to start telling them what it's from. We try to show them, you know, like this is a little video of the Yamakaze Mm -hmm. or try to show them things like this. And uh, so that they understand. And I think it's especially important because. The people that we serve, and I'm no expert on the yamakaze, but I, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think of them as being a kind of dis- disenfranchised teenagers at that time that were out in the suburbs, you know, I know they weren't, I don't believe that they were poor people, but I think they were definitely, you know, not... right. Right. Disenfranchised is actually a good word for it, right? Yeah. And I think that a lot of the people that we serve are, that's who they are. They're the same, they have the same thing going on. And it's a way to recreate that community, that um, brotherhood and sisterhood, whatever you call it. And uh, that's really important for us to use that as a touchstone. We always go back to that. And that is a central part when we have that word parkour in there that is a central part of our mission when we go in and i'm worried about that that piece of it kind of getting lost diluted or lost when it starts to be picked up you know by the local tennis coach who says well i could also teach this yeah so um that is something that i don't know how you you address it because to me that is really what makes it special Mm -hmm. so I don't want to be a bummer about it, but I do think that it's, I don't know, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to keeping it, uh, to keeping that presence Presence in it. Presence or purity or, you know, maintaining the fidelity. Yeah. But I think that 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 is a core thing that we have to be aware of and keep our eye on as this starts spreading. You look at a sport like snowboarding, which started out with just this small group of guys, right. you know, just- teens doing these crazy things. And you're like, wow. And now, you know, I can go up to any mountain and say, I want a snowboard lesson. And I'm just trying to get down, not to fall, 
on my tuchus coming down the mountain. And it's fun. And that's, we're snowboarding. We're all right. snowboarding. So that's kind of like where I, I see this going. And I'm just hoping like we all always have that core mm-hmm. that's... Really do- poured their heart into it or really, really true to that single thread that is parkour that we all know. Yeah. 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 I think that that is, that is just really important. So it's, uh, it's something that we're trying to include in our, our classes. We try very hard to make sure it's in there. Can we take a moment to just run over the board and some of the coaches? I know that you always like to point out that you have a terrific team surrounding you. And, and I think let's just give a chance for you to like call out people by name and go over who's doing what. That would be awesome. So we have seven members on our board, the three founding members. Uh, I am the president. And then we have Jean as the vice president and Rosie as the secretary. Uh, Jean Lamb and Rosie Noguchi, right? Yes. And then we have Cheryl Gorsuch is our treasurer. And Rich Brune is uh, one of our participants who is now uh, on our board as well, or PK Silver, PK Silver Movers. Um, Sean Hanna, who is our director of curriculum, uh, and Allison Hall, who is another director that has been uh, working on editing some of our documents, and she's been kind of getting into the uh, the literature that's going to be coming out this year, writing and writing and editing. Yeah. So Sean Hannah was our coach at Urban Evolution, and then he moved to uh, Colorado. And after he was out there, we had, we formed while he was out there. And we just thought, you know what, this would be a great way for us to stay in contact with him as well as to have him as a resource on this for curriculum. I mean, we already had Gene, but um, we know Sean was really, really into parkour. So uh, he agreed to do it, and he has really been a key member for writing the curriculum for PK Silver. He, he really took the ideas that we had originally uh, laid out and put it down in a much more orderly and fleshed out manner. And then uh, Gene went back in and tweaked it. And then I would say that Rosie, Rosie and I and Rosie's mom, my training partner, Elizabeth, as we were coaching the classes, you know, it's great to have something on paper, but then when you're actually trying to do <laughs> the it. The plan doesn't survive, right? <laughs> so we made adjustments there, uh, mostly through Rosie uh, bringing it alive there, and she she really did a lot of great work with that. Um, so it, it has been a great team working together to get that that project done, and I hope you have a chance to talk to Sean when you're out in Colorado because he's really, I'm sure he'll have a lot of interesting things to say to you. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, Sean was a a great, great support to me when I after I had my treatment, and I really don't think I I could have come back to the gym without him there. He he has a background in uh, exercise science. That's his degree is in exercise science, and then he has many years working in hospitals with cancer patients. You know rehabbing cancer patients and things like this. So, you know, I knew that he obviously knew what he was doing. He had experience doing it, and it was the reason why I was able to keep going. But, yeah, we have a a great team, and uh, hopefully we will be expanding it again this year to fill new classes, and uh, we'll see how we, we are very careful when we bring people on. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we were very careful about our culture. So, we, so far, it's been very good, yeah, how, the people that we've had come on. but So, it's not just, it's a, always a, not just a matter of like skill set. It's also a matter of how do they fit with the rest of the team and how is that going to, every time you bring a cook into the kitchen, how is that going to change everything? And you want to try and keep the culture that you've built. Right? Yeah, I think it's, sometimes it may be difficult. I don't know to have a person that is much less skilled than you to actually be running the thing. <laughs> I can imagine I that that must yourself, be difficult. I think you sell yourself short, but okay. Well, 
I know, uh, you know, I just, I just look at that sometimes and I think, uh, this is, this has got to be difficult for them sometimes, especially when I'm saying, you know, you got to follow the curriculum. You got to do it like this. And oh, I think there's something to be said for having an adult in the room too, who says, this is how we teach. This is what we teach. This is why we teach. And I think you might take note of the fact that the quality of the people that you're attracting indicates that people believe in what you're asking them to teach. So it'd be a whole different story if you were unable to find people to do what you're asking. That is, that's very true. Another thing that we, we don't make them sign on the dotted line that they're going to do this, but we let them know that a certain amount of volunteer hours are, they, they actually all have to start as a volunteer. They all give a certain number of volunteer hours before we will even, and that shows us how they're going to work in with everything. And then we usually go to assistant coach first, and then we still try it out a little bit more. And then we see if we're going to make the investment in them. So we, I'm not sure how this works at other gyms, but we pay for our coaches certifications. We pay for their CPR and we give bonuses for additional certifications that they they may get. The initiative yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something really important that Jim should look at for their for their coaching staff. You obviously have perspective on cancer. And I'm wondering if you would care to share any thoughts you have on advice for people who find out that they have someone in their life who has cancer. So not necessarily how to deal with it yourself personally, but because it's much more common to be encountering someone who has cancer. Uh, One of the things that really uh, was eye-opening to me during my whole treatment phase was how people would come to visit me which I very quickly learned just to say, tell them I'm not here because what was happening is they would come and they will start crying and they will start telling you about how they had a, one time they had a biopsy and it turned out not to be malignant, but they know just how I feel or Mm -hmm. their aunt died of cancer or and they start crying, and every time I was comforting them, I just couldn't believe it. And I just thought, Jesus, beep, 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 beep those words out. No, but I, I just thought, what, what is this? Like on top of everything else now, I I'm have to counselor. help you mm-hmm. with your mental health when I'm just ready to choke you out. <laughs> but I just had to be quiet and listen to it. And I, I understand they're just trying to relate the best they can. But I'm sure I did the same thing. I'm sure I did the same thing before it happened to me. It's how you're, you're just trying to relate to the person. So I will tell you that that is not helpful. It is not, it is completely unhelpful for you to come in and try to relate your experience with cancer to this person. The only way it could possibly be helpful is, oh, you're losing your hair. I lost my hair too. Let me tell you what I did, you know, or would you like to know what I did? Um, But otherwise, you know, eh, that's it. As an example of something that was unbelievably amazing to me. This is, I can't tell you how much I love Rosie's mom. She is just one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Um, But she came in at one time. She would do this quite often, but I'll never forget this one time. It was coming up to Christmas. I was totally out of it. I mean, just laying on the couch. I was so tired. She came in one like Saturday morning and she said, came in with all these bags. I said, what's going on? She goes, nothing. You just stay there. She cleaned my kitchen. She made me lunch. Well, she made the whole family lunch. She brought crafts to do with Kate. She folded all the laundry. She was at the house all day. day, And she left with a soup bubbling on the stove. And she just left. And I just, you know, it's just amazing. Like, I am incapable of doing that myself. I don't know if I would be able to do that to somebody else. I mean, I think about it, I I did know her for a couple of years before that, but these were the things that really got us close together. So that's kind of an amazing thing. Sorry, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's uh it's been really um it's really difficult to express how important Elizabeth has been. She is she's not on the board and she does we finally convinced her to become an assistant coach. But she is really right in the middle of everything. It's just not her style to get too, you know, to be in those to official. To be in the front, right? She, she likes doesn't her. Want the, she doesn't want the thanks and doesn't want the yeah. applause, but she's there. She is really there. She's really there through everything. So um, this has just been an amazing, I would say, the, the PK Move group started to coalesce at that time because it was just really the key people that were really supportive to me with Jean and and Rosie and Elizabeth. And coming out of it, when I told them that I wanted to do this, I had this idea, but I couldn't do it by myself. Would they do it? They were just all in. Right. They understood you. Yeah. understood where you were coming from. Yeah. So now I guess the next phase is that that was really a big... Um, Universe, I need to do this for parkour. And I really, at every stage, I've been shocked at what, by what we have accomplished. Can we possibly make a curriculum? Yes, we can make a curriculum. Where are we going to have classes? We figured out where to have classes. How are we going to get money? Now there's money. Oh, now we need to do a study. We don't know how to do a study. Who's going to, how's that going to work? Now that's done. How is it? going to be, will it ever even be presented? You know, and now here we go on this. So we have just learned to kind of chunk it out and do one step at a time. And uh, we are just hoping to really draw attention to how, all the benefits of parkour, the, the mental, the physical, it, it just has so much to it. And we just, that's the message that we want to get out. We want to deliver that to people, but we're also hoping that these things will be helpful to the whole community. Nancy, as you know, everybody always tells me, you know who you should go to interview because I've talked to you and then you gave me six new people. And I love it. That's my favorite part of this is getting a chance to talk to all the different people and people that I haven't even met. But I will tell you, hands down, far and away, you are by far the person that I have been told most often to go interview. I mean, and people tell me to interview everybody. I'm talking all you pro athletes, all the famous people. By far, it's been, go talk to Nancy Lorenz. And I've known you a little bit beforehand and I know why they were all saying so. I'm so glad that we got a chance to come down to Alexandria and to sit down with you. So first of all, thank you for taking the time. Because we knew that we were gonna get this chance to come down here, we do ask our internal community of movers. We ask people what they'd like to hear. And somebody without, I don't wanna give a shout out by name, but somebody asked us, so this is a question for you from somebody in particular. What is the best way to get older folks involved? Um, how do you reach them? And how do you communicate what PAR could be for them versus what their perception probably is? So how do you get them involved? How do you reach them? And how do you communicate what it could be? Well, I think the most important thing to do is to go to where they are. You, you just cannot expect them to come into your space. I think the only way you could expect them to come into your space is if it were, were really targeted to them. And then what are you going to do with all your kids' programs and everything? Mm -hmm. So that's something to consider first. Uh, go out to the communities, the community centers where they might be, churches, synagogues. I mean, think about places where... I have gone to barber shops. I mean, I go all over. I go to library meetings. I've gone to so, I've gone to knitting meeting, you know, circles. Mm -hmm. You just need to go out and it takes a lot of time. And then when you come in there, they are not going to, they're probably not going to respond to you right away the first time you go in. So I would say it might be a good idea for you to, Maybe try to recruit someone who is a little bit more mature in your amongst your students or your staff. Mature 
as in years. I was going to say, and it's not because of a shortcoming necessarily in the person That's that you're correct. talking to. It's it's the question of, unfortunately, the people that you're approaching are going to make a first impression judgment. And if the first impression judgment is, you know, the typical parkour person, then that's like one thing that you're going to have to overcome. So you can kind of cheat and do the end run by bringing somebody that they would be more likely to listen to. Yes. And then I would say, if at all possible, try to have the opportunity to do a little demo, something very catchy and or simple for them to see and do. So maybe that's a piece of duct tape on the carpet and try to see, or maybe two pieces, see if they can step back from one to the other. And I mean, we don't really do jumping, but or if they can walk down the line, can mm-hmm. they lift up some little tiny thing that they can try to do? We would always take a couple chairs, a PVC pipe, and maybe one or two trainers. And that's basically all we needed to make a little teeny tiny course that was pretty easy for them to navigate and just to give them an idea of what we were talking about doing. Like, you know, you're thinking about people jumping. Right. You know, James Bond, yes. right? <laughs> but this is what we're talking about. So just just try to do this one little thing, and maybe you only get one or two people to come up and do it, but the others see them do it. Um, the other thing I would say is to give those free demos, those free classes. Try to give those free classes, and maybe go to the places uh, where they are and try to offer them there. But there was something else I wanted to suggest that people do. Oh, another thing that you really should be looking at is your advertising. And so how are you saying seniors? You actually shouldn't say seniors. Never call them seniors. Say older adults or just say adults, you know, over 50, whatever. But avoid the word senior. We have had suggestions to even take silver to change the name of our thing away from PK silver, but we haven't, whatever. I don't know. We're totally committed, right? (laughs) That's right. That's that ship has sailed. But, um, and also look at the pictures on your website, the pictures on the materials that you're giving out. What does that really say to you? And what are you trying to, what are you really trying to offer? Because We are offering parkour, but we are offering first falls prevention. We are offering first fitness and fun. We don't even say the P word till much further down in our advertising because that's not where our focus is. I mean, it is. Right, but, but you're sneaking that in really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're, you're going directly at the need that they have. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what they are not, uh, they don't want to, most of them don't ever even want to learn how to do a vault. Yeah. It's not in their stairs interest level. Stairs would be great. If I can do stairs or if I could chase my grandchild around, That's that would be their definition of success. Yeah. So we're, we are, um, we're much more practical about it. And then we put in the obstacle courses and they, they just love it. They seem to love it. I will say that um, I should have statistics on this, but we have more men in these classes. I mean, it's often that we'll get a husband and wife team coming in, but we have singleton guys coming in as well. And they seem to like this and they actually make comments like, you know, it's great to have an exercise class that's not, you know, like Zumba or that seem very feminine to them. They relate this more to obstacle course running and military things. Mm -hmm. So that's more attractive, I think, to the older men and the ladies have just taken to it. I don't know. We haven't had any issues with that, but I think that um, that could be because we have female coaches. Yeah, that's a, an interesting. How, how would you even begin to, to peel that? Like, how do you figure out if it's if it's the the thing you've created is the thing you have? It's very hard to decide. What would it be if five people who were all guys had started this? I don't know. That's a different experiment. I, I mm. think it really is. I think you're right. And this question. Like, how do you get them? I also have people say, how do you, how did you, 
you know, those the that Down syndrome class. How did you do? How are you doing this? These Title One schools. How are you doing that and getting in there? And I I just say we just go to them. There's nothing stopping you. In fact, I'll give a challenge right now. I would say that every parkour gym, if you're serious about serving this this population, any of these special needs populations, is that you just carve out at least one class a month, you know, that you're going to go to them and give a free class. And you will get a response. I'm telling you, you you will get a response. It's just... These are people that are underserved, and they are, they are looking for this, actually. And of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. I will use our three words that we have uh, as our slogan, kind of, on our on PK Move, which are confidence, creativity, and community. Thank you very much, Nancy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Craig. This was episode 35. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 35. I'd love to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions. Send an email to team at moversmindset.com. If you found this episode at all useful or enjoyable, please tell your friends. And there's more to the Movers Mindset Project than just this podcast. Visit our website for more free content, to sign up for our newsletter, or to join the Movers Mindset community. Thanks for listening.